Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 2,337. Today, we're celebrating the 6th annual Philadelphia Concord d'Elegance that takes place June 24th at the Simeon Foundation Automotive Museum. Buckle up, be inspired, we're going to have some fun today. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, and welcome to Cars Yeah. Today I'm in Weems, Virginia, with a very special guest by the name of John Woody Woodard. But his friends call him Woody. Woody, welcome to Cars Yeah. Do you have any gear, and are you ready to release the clutch? I am. All right. It's so good to have you here. What a history. What a life. Uh, I think a lot of people know who you are, but I always ask my guests to start the tone here with this question. What's one little thing that maybe people don't know about you, Woody? That would have to be, I met my wife of 54 years at the Trans Am in Lime Rock Park, Connecticut, 54 years ago. Oh my gosh. Well, good for you. Well, congratulations. We're, we're pushing 40 years, my wife and I, but you've got us uh, well beat down the track. Now, was she a fan of racing? That you Is that how you met her? Or was she working there? Or? She She lived there. Oh, okay. Uh, very cool. And I uh, just met her through a mutual friend who I had known in Delaware. He moved up to Salisbury, which is just down the road, and uh, invited me over for dinner. She was his neighbor. He invited her over, and uh, things happened. Well, there you go, obviously. Well, that's fantastic. Well, congratulations. Uh, what a life. You never know who you meet who they will become as an important part of your life. So uh, that's quite fun. Let me give you an introduction here. John Woody Woodard spent 20 years with Penske Racing. He started working for the company on January 14th in 1969 as a full-time mechanic, chief mechanic, and crew chief. And in 1977, his role changed to Penske GM Power. Then it changed to Penske Power Systems and again to Penske Truck Leasing in 1983. In his spare time, he was what he would call a weekend warrior on the Penske IndyCar in the kart series. He was chief mechanic on three different national championship teams, the Trans Am team with Chevrolet and two Can-Ams with Porsche 917s. Oh, my gosh. He worked with a number of championship drivers, including Bobby Ellison, Mario Andretti, Mark Donahue, George Fulmer, Al and Bobby Unser, and David Hobbs, to name just a few. Many of those names have been guests here on Cars, yeah? Woody will be a panelist at this year's Philadelphia Concours the elegance. We'll be back in just a moment, but first a word from our sponsors. We'll give them a little love. They keep the fuel in the tanks here, and we'll be right back. For several years now, you've heard me talk about Linkage Magazine. I've been a subscriber since the start. They're talented and creative team brings you a spectacular publication and website that shares the automotive passion from a worldwide perspective. Linkage is about driving, restoring, collecting, and firsthand experience at collector car auctions and more. They bring you real-world values plus rational, experienced opinions on the current markets. They cover the automotive world and the people who share our passions. And Linkage Magazine has grown, mailing you six issues annually. Join me on this journey with Linkage. They're geared for the automotive life. You can subscribe at LinkageMag.com. Did you know that Cars Yeah! is in the top 1% of all podcasts? 
based on listenership, according to Libsyn, the premier RSS feed for podcasts in the United States. That's right. Plus, DuPont Registry recommended Cars yeah! is one of their top 10 car podcasts for you to enjoy. Cars yeah! has experienced tremendous growth, plus your ads are evergreen, meaning they never go away. And more and more listeners find Cars yeah! every day for their daily dose of automotive inspiration. Do you want to expose your brand to a highly targeted list of automotive enthusiasts in a very unique in very personal way, well, I can help you. Contact me, Mark Green, at mark at carsyad.com or through the website at carsyad.com today to learn more. Years ago, when it was time to renew my collector car insurance policy, my carrier's rates went up, way up, but my usage was the same and I never made a claim. I didn't even have a ticket. So what's with that? So I turned to American Collectors Insurance. Has your collector car insurance recently raised your rates for no good reason? Tired of paying an annual membership fee? Then it's time to look around and call American Collectors Insurance. I shopped around, I asked friends for recommendations and found a winner that I can trust. And boy, I'm glad I did. I saved hundreds of dollars every year and slept better at night knowing my baby was properly insured. American Collectors Insurance have been protecting vehicles since 1976. They provided me with an agreed value insurance policy backed by their history of taking great care of their clients. What could be better than that? So give them a call and ask for a quote today. 866-ACI-YEAH. That's 866-224-9324. And protect the ones you love like I did with American Collectors Insurance. Classic car insurance designed by collectors for collectors. So Woody, we are back. So I want to dive a little deeper into the corner. First, starting with this history with Penske. Can you go way back and talk about how you got involved in the motorsports with Penske? I mean, working for the captain. Wow. Must have been a wonderful ride. Uh, I can, and it's, it, it, it could be lengthy, but I'll try to shorten <laughs> it as much. Uh, I grew up, went to high school uh, outside of Annapolis, Maryland. And uh, there was a uh, SCCA road racing track by the name of Upper Marlboro, Maryland, about uh, 45 minutes away. And I enjoyed, I was a mechanic working at, a, at first at gas stations and then at a sports car shop. And uh, I got my SCCA license and uh, got a Lotus Super 7 and used to race back in those days. Cool. In 1967, there was a Trans Am race that was there at uh, Marlboro. It was a a three-hour race, and I was there as a spectator. Petsky Racing showed up in a gorgeous blue Chevrolet slant deck truck with a Camaro, Sunoco Camaro on it. The guys get out, and everybody's well-dressed and crew-cut, and Mark gets in in the car, puts it on the pole, proceeds to lap the field twice. Oh my God! Yeah, wow. And I remember that. So t- a year later, this is '67, and I'm going to move up to uh, late '68. I'm working in Delaware for George Alderman, and I was kind of not happy working there. And I remembered Penske Racing. I knew they were from Newtown Square, which was about an hour away from where I lived. One Saturday morning, it was the Saturday between Christmas and New Year's of 1968. I get in. I'm driving up there halfway up. I'm sitting there, what am I doing? There's, it's, it's the weekend before, between uh, Christmas and New Year's. There's not going to be a soul there. Continued, found a gas station, asked them where Penske Racing was. I was just a half, block and a half away. I went up to it. The gate was open. There were two cars in the driveway. I knocked on the door. 
Mark Donahue opened the door. I told him who I was. He invited me in and introduced me to Roger Penske. Oh, my gosh. You know this? <laughs> they interviewed me for about two hours. And uh, so they get back to me. I started to work for them on January 14th. You know, this is a wonderful story. I mean, bold. And it's a testament to the young listeners out there listening that, you know what, sometimes that's what you got to do, just go up and knock on the door. I, that's Well, back then there were no emails, of course, and cell phones and all the things we have today. But that face-to-face, is that, obviously, that's what did it for you, right? Yeah. I, ever since, I've used the moniker, make the call, knock on the door. <laughs> It's brilliant. What a wonderful story. Well, I'm sure many people have asked you this, but working for so many years for Penske, in your mind, what is their secret? I mean, just amazing company has been, I mean, going all the way back. Uh, that's, not, that's not an easy question to answer. <laughs> uh, it, it's uh, number one, selecting the right people. Yeah. Well, they hired you, Woody. <laughs> uh, n- number two is you got to work hard. It's a lot of hard work. Back in the early days uh, uh, with the, the, the Porsches, the, the, the K&M cars, I was working seven days a week. Um, I'd be at the shop at 7 in the morning. I always lived, lived close to the shop, so I would come home for lunch, half an hour, come home for about 5.30 to have lunch and bathe the kids, and then I'd go back and work till 10 or 11 every night. That was seven days a week. Oh, my gosh. Well... Hard work. Uh, that's the, one of the big secrets to anybody's success. And uh, it seems like these days, a lot of people want to get away with the least amount of work. But uh, when you think about the, the empire that Penske has built, uh, the other part of it is what you just said, hiring the right people. That's key. You kind of the right people that are willing to put in that kind of time and effort. Correct. Yeah, fantastic. Well, let's kind of fast forward through an amazing career with Penske, because I mentioned in your intro, I mean, on top of your full-time job, you thought, oh, I'll just go and change tires, you know, and be a crew chief, on uh, work on the IndyCar series. Was that part of something that you just saw a nice little opportunity to do something extra there at Penske and get at the track? Well, it's it was a, a kind of a just another one being at the right place at the right time. Uh, I left Penske Racing full time. I guess it was in '77, and I went to work for uh, 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 Penske Detroit Diesel Allison out in Long Island, New York. So that's when I transferred into business. One of many businesses with Penske I was with. About a year and a half later is actually Easter. I'm we're in Reading visiting friends uh, from Long Island. And uh, I go down to see uh, Don Cox, who I worked with at Penske Racing. He was running a little, little shop there. And it's right next to an office building for Penske Truck Leasing. I get out of my car and I hear a rap on the window. And it's Penske on the third floor telling me to come on up. <laughs> wow. So I went in and he was having a board meeting. And I, I walked in, he introduced me to everybody. And uh, he said, hey, he said, would you be interested in changing a tire? We're going to go to a third car at Indy. And I said, I'd love to do it. Oh, my God. Wow. He sent me tickets, and I went out to Indy, and they had gone uh, uh, through Sun Oil, had an off-site uh, location with a pit wall set up to, uh, to practice pit stops. And I hadn't done this in a long time. And I, uh, uh, they, they put me on the right rear tire, which is the hardest tire to change, and I was really quite quick. And in fact, I did that for, I think, 12 years and was in the uh, uh, IndyCar pit stop competition, I think, six times, and we won it five times. 
Wow. Well, again, being there. I mean, you talk about the first meeting with Mark and Roger and then getting out of your car and hearing you know, showing up at a board meeting and then ending up on all these tracks and, and being part of some amazing teams and championships and the, the number, I mean, it would take me all day to list all the drivers that you've worked with. I named, of course, just a few of the very famous people, but do you ever look back at all this time and pinch yourself and go, you know, this was an amazing life I've had to be around so many spectacular people. It, it is. I, I, I thank my lucky stars every day. And, and, what I'm, you know, pleased with myself, I just turned 77, and my mind is still pretty sharp, and I remember so many of, of, of the things that happened back 40 or 50 years ago. Well, it, what a wonderful life to be a part of all of that, and just legacy after legacy, and iconic names, and brilliant people, and, and it goes back to the beginning of our talk, surround yourself with great people. Uh, I guess mom was always right, don't hang out with losers, hang out with winners, and you'll be a winner. Very cool. Well, let's talk a little bit about your involvement with the Philadelphia Concord d'Elegance. I've supported uh, the organization or the event, I should say, over the years, and it's a wonderful event. And you're going to be one of the panelists this year. What are you guys going to be talking about? Well, I would imagine. I would imagine it's going to be Porsche. Uh, <laughs> yes. this, there's a I, uh, it's been, this year's, uh, which is the sixth year for the Concord at the Simeon Foundation. This year is going to feature Porsche, dubbing it Porsche Delphia, <laughs> celebrate, celebrating the 75th year of their existence. So uh, my connection uh, uh, with, with Porsche is, was some, uh, a little bit of 9-11 work back uh, in, the, in 71, 72, uh, but primarily the 917 uh, turbo Porsche Can-Am cars. I was the chief mechanic in both 72 on the 917-10 with George Fulmer winning the championship and then the 917-30 in, in uh, 73 with Mark Donahue winning it. So I, I remember uh, a lot that happened back then. I knew everybody at Porsche. Uh, I spent uh, six weeks at Porsche in, in, in Weissach in training for the, the, the Can-Am project. And uh, it's just, it was a great experience. When you think back to that era, and of course the Porsche 917 from racing Porsche days is kind of the king of all kings. I mean, it's just one of these legendary iconic cars that still exists in so many people's mind. Are there a couple uh, maybe antidotes or things about that time period that just resonate in your brain? <laughs> I know, probably so much, right? Yeah, it's, it's hard to narrow it down to one or two items. Uh, I, I have to do one thing to, to give a shout out to the, the late Mark Donahue on this question. This turbocharging was all new to, to Porsche. I mean, they were uh, uh, they were a class act when it came come come to race cars and rear engine cars and air cooled and uh, but turbocharging was something new and it was to everybody. And when we first uh, started getting the turbo motors in, in when we were testing in 71 and early 72, I mean, they, they were difficult to start. They would die. They would slobber, raw fuel coming out the exhaust. Uh, and, I mean, it was just, you couldn't tune them. And Mark Donahue took, I think, three weeks, and he went over there and demanded 
that they get the fuel uh, injection, uh, the Bosch fuel injection pump people in to their dyno cell, into Porsche's dyno cell, and Mark was in there, and he made them go through uh, a specific sequences of, of barometric pressures and RPM and fuel. He's the one that perfected or forced them to perfect the injection system on a turbo Porsche's. Wow. Well, everybody thinks about Mark Donahue as a fantastic race car driver, but he was an amazing engineer mechanic, I guess, in that sense. And that story tells the tale there. Absolutely. Wow. That's very cool. You're going to be on a a pretty cool panel of people here. Tomorrow's guest is going to be on Cars Yeah, Jack Atkinson. Uh, of course, the guy who's been with Porsche was with Porsche for so long. I had a conversation with him uh, during dinner time last night to kind of set the tone for my talk with him today. He was with Brumos, of course, famous Brumos. Uh, Prescott Kelly, the Porsche guy himself, I'll be interviewing him as well. He'll be a guest day after tomorrow. Uh, Alwyn Springer, of course, and Hurley Haywood, I think, who's going to pipe in on video, who's a past guest here. So you guys are going to be in Porsche heaven there in Porsche Delphia. Absolutely. And I know I've known Alvin and, and Hurley going way, way, way back. And, and, and I think David Donahue was going to speak also, but I'm not sure. Well, cool. Uh, I don't really know Jack Atkinson. I, I'm sure we cross paths in the pit lane sometimes. And I, I'm not familiar with Preston Kelly, but I look forward to meeting him. Oh, you're going to like both those guys. I mean, all you guys are going to be in uh, hog heaven, as they say, uh, talking about Porsche and the good old days of racing. And, of course, uh, celebrating the 75th anniversary of Porsche. Porsche is my mark of choice. I've had many Porsches, including uh, a Porsche Turbo, uh, an 87 Turbo. And, uh, yeah, uh, never had the joy of racing a, a Porsche. I raced some old vintage uh, cars in the day. But they were British, but I would have loved to jump into a Porsche and race. And this event is taking place at the Simeon Foundation Automotive Museum, which is a spectacular place full of some really spectacular old race cars, right? Uh, I, I, I'm embarrassed to say I have not been there, but I look forward to going to see this collection. I, I am aware that the uh, there is a 917 Longtail in their collection, and and I, rem- I remember competing against that car in 71 at Le Mans. And uh, we were uh, we had the Ferrari 512M, which was a quick car, but we had a terminal speed on the Mulsanne Strait of about 212 miles an hour, and that long tail was doing, I think, 240. Oh my gosh! Wow! It was unbelievably quick on the uh, on on the, on the Mulsanne Strait. Oh my gosh! Well, this would kind of be like seeing us some old friends, even though they were adversaries. You're going to have a wonderful time. The late Fred Simeon was a guest here on Cars Yeah before we lost him, and uh, what a collection that he's he's put together. So you're going to have a lot of fun, uh, I promise you. When you think back to your time, and I may already know the answer to this, but I like to ask my guests about what I call our driving inspirations, key people who are strong mentors or people that really help you be successful in your life. Is there one person that stands out? I've got to ask, would it be the captain? Is it Roger Penske? It's unequivocally, it has to be the captain. Yeah. It, Roger, 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 Roger S. Penske, uh, he is uh, at so many levels above what what I could even hope to be. I, I mean, he's he cannot be emulated. Uh, he is is hardworking, honest. I mean, he, he is so frank and honest, and and treats everybody the right way. And then he was, if you think back about it, and I think you would agree, 
he's the only person in the world that should have gotten the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Yes. And he got and, and, and he's doing it right. And, and furthermore, I mean, how can a, an individual in this competitive world, uh, he's, he's got race cars with Porsche engines, he's got race cars with Chevrolet engines at Indy, and he's got race cars in NASCAR with Ford engines. Oh, 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 Penske, and you've got three big competitors. Yeah, the Midas touch, that man, when I heard that he was going to take over that raceway, I just smiled. You know, it, it needed somebody like him to come in and give it a revamp, and uh, it's going to be amazing. Already has started to be, so uh, so happy for that. You know, I do like to also ask my guests about a major challenge that they've faced in their life or their career, but the real important part of this is not so much the challenge, it's what you learn from it looking back now, and you can say, well, that was a tough thing to go through, but I'm sure glad I did because it taught me something really valuable. You worked and lived around racing for a long time. Oh my gosh, talk about fraught with challenges. But is there maybe one situation you could share with us that taught you a really valuable lesson that you've carried forward all the way to today? There is. And it was 1971, the Daytona 24-hour. The car was the Ferrari, Sunoco Ferrari 512M, driven by David Hobbs and Mark Donahue. Uh, We sat on the pole. We were lightning quick, far faster than the 917Ks. And about 2 o'clock in the morning... Vic Elford and a nine and a, a, a nine eleven got somehow screwed up in the in the back straight going into three and Mark came up across it had to make a, 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 a an instant change of direction or he was going to be part of it and he chose wrong hit the wall and limped into the pits with the left entire left front corner of the car missing yes. suspension suspension bodywork. Everything's gone. And as soon as I saw I said, Roger, we're done. And he said, no, 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 no. You, you get to work, and uh, you, you tell me what you need. And I started, we, we did have a hood or, or a, a nose cone, but we had no suspension. And Roger, there was a, another 512M, which was, a, I, I believe it was run by NART, that had fallen out due to an engine failure. And he sent some guys over to steal the left front suspension off of it. He settled up with NART later on. <laughs> but we, re- we replaced the suspension, uh, fit the new nose. But the problem was there was no s- support for the left front corner of the nose because all of the, the framework was gone. It wasn't even there. And I wound up uh, with rolls of duct tape and I think three broomsticks and <laughs> made a a broomstick uh, support for the left front corner of the car. Uh, we were in the pits for two hours. I mean, I was just absolutely exhausted. We went back out and unlapped ourselves, I think, 11 times and wound up finishing third behind the two uh, 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 Gulf Wire cars. And the lesson is you don't give up in a race. You just you, you keep slugging it away until the checkered flag drops. You know, I have a big smile on my face, and the reason for that is I've interviewed hundreds of race car drivers, and every single one of them, and mechanics on teams, have said those words, those famous words uh, coined by Sir Winston Churchill, never, ever, ever give up. And there you go. I mean, 
<laughs> wow, it's broomsticks to hold the front of the car together. Incredible. But you're right. Yeah, you just don't give up, especially in an endurance race. It's all about the endurance. But what a story. Oh, my gosh. You must have been very proud. Well, the whole team must have been incredibly proud uh, to have gotten back out and finished the way you did. Of course, you had Mark Donahue driving the car, so that didn't hurt either, right? That didn't hurt. Nope. Yeah. Very cool. I want to talk a little bit about you and your passion for cars. You've lived a life around cars. So I'm assuming you have some passion for cars. Is there one special car in your life? Now, this could be a car you've owned, or maybe it's one special car that you got to be a part of a team and work on that you went, wow, how did I get here? But what would that vehicle be? And maybe share a little story about it. Well, it's probably the car that I sent you a picture of this morning. Yes. (laughs) Tell me about that. Very unique. That is that is Woody's hot rod. Uh, I spent uh, nine years building that thing. I finished it a couple years ago. It is a 1966 MGB GT coupe with a 63 Buick all aluminum 215 V8 engine. Oh my gosh! Uh, it's got an 88 Camaro Borg Warner T5 five-speed manual transmission. It has a 69 Jaguar XKE independent rear suspension with inboard brakes. Oh my gosh! It's got huge tires. Uh, fender, uh, very flared fenders. Uh, I did every single thing except the body and paintwork. I built the engine. I built the transmission. I built the rear end. I made the stainless steel uh, tuned exhaust system for it, and it's a unique piece. Well, you know, you sent that picture, and I, I had a big smile on my face because the MG is what started it for me. My father bought a '49 TC when I was about five years old. That really got the the hooks into me for loving cars and of course sports cars primarily but when you sent that i just sat here and stared at it what on earth has he done but you know lots of times people will take those old cars and you kind of go uh but it's like everything works it just looks so cool uh and for you know i look at little bits of it and it's like the back is kind of like a little bit of the old cheetah race cars you know with the the squatty back ends and uh beautiful color um Bravo, my friend. I mean, this kind of took a a lifetime of all your experience around so many things and put it all into one little hot rod. So uh, for you listeners, you can go to the Cars Yeah website, Woody's show notes page. There'll be a picture of that car there. No doubt it will put a big smile on your face as well. So Woody, I'm a bit of a car psychologist here. I'm going to ask you a question that I'm guessing no one's ever asked you. I'm going to crawl into your head a little bit here. If you were reincarnated or manifest as a vehicle, not what you want to be though. This is how you perceive the man in the mirror as a vehicle, what would you be, but more importantly, why? <laughs> yeah, as he makes the horse sound. I've heard that before. I got to say, I gotta say it's, it would be my Lotus Super 7. Oh, nice. And why is that? It, it was just, it was it's so simple, uh, so unique, so lightweight, uh, nimble, um, and I, I just, I mean, it was, I, I could just blow the doors off of beat production Corvettes with that thing. Oh, my God. Yeah. It, those those are cool. They're they're just little go-karts, fast go-karts. They, 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 yeah, they really are. I wish I had them today. Well, you'll like this. The first vintage car I ever had that I raced was a 1960 Lotus Formula Junior, an 18. Uh, now, nowhere near the power and speed of a Super 7, but a lot of this, because I've driven a Super 7, a lot of the same feel, of course, a lot slower, a lot skinnier tires, uh, but a lot of the same kind of sense of feel crawling into that car. But uh, okay, that makes sense for as I've gotten to know you here today. 
yeah, Lotus Super 7. I think that's cool. You know, one of the things that Concor events are very well known for is giving back and raising funds to help people. And this Concor uh, that you're going to be a part of uh, benefits Cool Cars for Kids. Is there uh, anything you could share about what Cool Cars for Kids is all about? I can tell you that the funds raised support the Children's Hospital of Philadelphia, research to deliver care and support to children and families who struggle with medical complexities associated with rare genetic diagnoses. It's a wonderful thing that they do, and no doubt that was uh, a legacy started um, in conjunction with Fred Simeon, being the physician that he was and the kind of person that he was. Uh, It's absolutely fantastic. And I'll put a link to that... um, charity organization on Woody show notes page. So those of you out there can learn more about it. If you have the means and ways you can support it and uh, give some funds to it, but I think it's fantastic. And I understand too, they also bring some kids into the Concours uh, that have benefited from some of this in the family so that they can be there and learn about old cars as well. I believe that's correct. Very cool. Now, is there a great book that you've enjoyed that you'd like to share with our listeners today? There is. The name of it is Ford. The Dust and the Glory, written by Leo Levine. What's interesting is I don't think anybody has ever recommended that book, and it kind of surprises me. Uh, but what do you like about the book? I just it, it, it covered the, the, the from day one with, uh, with Henry Ford. Uh, he actually raced, uh, dr- drove a race and, uh, with a car that he built. And then, then it carries all the way through the GT40s, which are, to me, one of the most fabulous cars ever designed and, and raced next to the 91730. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it, it's, a, it's a great book, and I'll put a link to that on Woody Shono's page again as well. And you regular listeners know there's a great place on the Cars Here website called Guest Recommended Books, where there's over 3,000 books listed there. I've made it real easy for you to click and buy. So check out Ford, The Dust and the Glory. Very cool. So let's go on the ultimate drive today, Woody. I'm a bit of an enabler. I'm going to provide you with any car in the world. You can take it anywhere. And here's the key. You can take anybody with you, including somebody who's no longer with us. What does the ultimate drive look like for someone who's been around so many ultimate drives and ultimate races? It's gonna ha- it has to be one that I experienced. Nice. And it was in a 911. Okay. It was in 1971. And it, the drive, it was with Mark Donahue. He was a driver, and we were on the Autobahn in Germany going from Stuttgart to Munich. Uh, they had a three-day weekend, uh, so the, the, the factory was closed, and we went to visit a, uh, a part-time uh, uh, mechanic that worked with us over there named Peter Reinhardt, and he lived in Munich. Oh, and just it was a long drive, and uh, we just had a, a, a fabulous conversation, Mark and I. And I asked him point blank. Now, this is 1971. I said, Mark, where do you see Roger Penske in 30 years from now, 40 years from now? And he thought for a minute, and he said, I think he's going to be a politician. And I'm, I'm, yeah, I just, that's what he thought. And I mean, he was, it's so far away from what actually happened. Well, boy, this country could use (laughs) Mr. Penske. Most definitely uh, someone with his uh, sharpness and prowess. I'm kind of sad that didn't happen, but I'm not so sure somebody like Roger Penske could put up with the ineptness that is in Washington. Oh, he'd probably fire everybody. He couldn't. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, uh, amazing. Oh my gosh, how fortunate were you to sit with Mark Donahue on the Audubon in a Porsche 911 and just chat? Wow. Uh, yeah, I don't think he could beat that with 
any fantasy drive. That's incredible. Wow. Fortunate you. Well, you know what, Woody, you have taken us on a wonderful drive today. I can't thank you enough for sharing just a little tiny piece of your life. You should write a book about it. You ever thought about that? I have had people have, have, have suggested that to me, but in reality, my my hands-on span was too short. I was only full-time. I was only full-time racing, sixty-nine to seventy-six. And uh, I mean, there's a lot of stories. I don't know if I could stretch it into a book. But but the stories that, or the books that are successful are are the ones of both drivers and mechanics that spent their whole career doing it. I understand. Well, no doubt uh, there are so many wonderful stories that you have. Maybe it's a a storybook, if you will, of short stories of adventures. That one drive with Mark Donahue is a chapter in and of itself, but uh, you might want to consider that. Um, I think it'd be really, really really cool reading. Before I let you go today, could you share maybe some words of inspiration or advice for our listeners? Uh, Yes, and I already uh, mentioned it earlier in this call. Make the call, knock on the door. I love it. What a great saying. I'm going to put that on a little note on my computer. Make the call, knock on the door. Very cool. Now, are you, you're fully retired now, or are you active in anything that people can figure out how to reach out to you? I'm embarrassed to say I've, uh, I, I've been retired for 24 years. Well, good. Nothing to be embarrassed about. Congratulations. That's pretty cool. Doing what you want to do. I was fortunate and had the ability to retire at 53, and I did it. But I'm very active. I have a shop. You know, I built that car, and I restore. Uh, I've restored a lot of antique engines for people in the area. Oh wow! Well, very very cool. I've done some 956s. Uh, I've done some 911 work. Uh, uh, Jaguars, uh, MGs, Triumphs. I enjoy restoring old engines. Well, it sounds like you don't sit around very well, right? I do not sit around much. Well, good for you. That's the secret to success in this concept of retirement is stay busy and do what you love. Listeners, I would reach out to the PhiladelphiaConcord.com through their website. You can learn more about the event that's coming up this coming weekend, Philadelphia Concord Elegant. You can get tickets, uh, very affordable to, to go to. Uh, the Simeon Foundation um, Museum is incredible, spectacular. Make the effort, make the time, and... If you're fortunate enough to go, you'll get to meet Woody in person and say, hey, I heard you on cards. Yeah. So thank you very much for spending time with me today. And I want to thank Judy Stropas. She brings so many wonderful people to the show. Judy's the one who introduced me to Woody. So, Judy, thank you once again. Woody, thanks for being so generous today with your time and expertise and for sharing your part of your life story with us. Until you and I talk again, I'll see you at the Philadelphia Concours de Elegance. Okay. Look forward to seeing. This was great. Thank you. Today's vehicles are essentially computers on wheels, and it takes more than a wrench and oil to keep them humming. That's why Cars Yeah! supports TechForce Foundation, a nonprofit dedicated to driving tomorrow's workforce of skilled technicians forward. Techs keep our cars, trucks, airplanes, and fleets rolling. Yet there's a massive tech shortage because many young people don't know it's no longer a blue-collar job. Today, it's a new-collar career. It involves computers, technology, it's in high demand, you get paid really well, and you can live and work anywhere in the country. I know you're passionate about cars, trucks, and motorcycles, and you can help pass that passion on to the next generation of techs so our rides keep rolling down the road. Visit techforce.org today and learn how. 
Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah.